0: just the truth so close your eyes and open your ears and let's get into this come on good people welcome back to the truth prescription podcast I am your humble host Dr. Sekou Gathers and we are on episode number 31 season 2 Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Mr. David, actually, Dr. David Gruner. How are you doing, David? How are you doing, man? Pleasure to be on. Excellent. Thanks for coming on. Uh, we're sitting here in his beautiful offices. Uh, let me just give you a quick background on David. He's the managing director and co founder of NYC Surgical Associates. Uh, he has He's done a fellowship in cardiovascular uh, and thoracic and also body contouring. He's been featured on NBC News, uh, the CBS show, The Doctors. Dr. Oz and his practice does really focusing on minimally invasive procedures, um, specializing in laser treatment for varicose veins, hernia repairs, lymphedema extremities, and treatment of fibroids. So, David, welcome, welcome, welcome again, welcome again. All right. So, you know, the show our show is about truth, and for the listeners, uh, for those who are listening for the first time, uh, just to give you a little background. Uh, the premise of the show is that all successful people, no matter their industry, have had to go through and deal with certain truths. And it was when they accepted those truths that they were able to break through and find new horizons on the other side. So, David, you want to start with a personal or professional truth?
1: I mean, I can give you a blanket statement that applies to both <laughs> aspects of life. But, okay. um, Whatever you want to do. I think the professional one is right. You know. And if, if I had to tell you something that was true, I would, I would just tell you that both satisfaction and suffering – are very, very subjective, meaning that Mm, you may think you have a bad situation until you see a really bad one and you won't appreciate the good things that you have until that point and
0: vice versa. That's great. That's great. Can you give us like a story or a situation that that sort of typifies that for you in your life? Sure.
1: A lot of people tell me or ask me how I got involved in this field of medicine, which is, you know, a little convoluted, but basically, you know, I had done probably about 15 years of school after graduation at the point, and I had no job options available to me. So our practice really specializes in reoperative high-risk surgery. And everybody asked me, how did I get into that whole niche? Because it's actually a pretty lucrative business now. Yeah. You're doing well. Yeah, thanks.
0: Multiple homes.
1: (laughs) The the, the truth (laughs) is, you know, I didn't have a choice. I basically was a new guy coming out in New York City. I, I I was a nobody. And it was impossible to get any business, so I basically took everything else that nobody else wanted to deal with. Had a couple problems initially, but, you know, with any problem, you can either learn from it and maneuver, or you can just accept it and move on. I learned from it, I maneuvered, and now our practice does a huge amount of extremely high risk reoperative surgery that nobody else wants to, and we do it very well with minimal complications, and it's because, you know, you troubleshoot everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. 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 You know, it's interesting. The other side of that coin, you know, you was talking earlier, you know, like, you know, uh, suffering and you said joy and suffering, or it could be two sides of the same coin. It's also, you could also be enjoying something and not real and think, you know, oh, this is amazing and not realize there's so much more you could the enjoyment. You could be doing is just, just the same as the bad, you know, the bad side, right? It's definitely, definitely true. So there's, there's it's, it's interesting. It's an interesting way to look at it. It really keeps you sort of balanced and keeping things in perspective, right? That's the whole premise behind Pandora's
1: Box, right? If you don't open <laughs> it, you don't know what's in there.
0: Right, right, right. Exactly. Okay. Excellent. Um, all right. Well, that, you want to use that for the personal and the professional?
1: Um, that's pretty much my professional one. You know, when I came out, and, you know, the other thing our practice specializes in, in interventional therapy, um, meaning we take minimally invasive approach, approaches to problems. And this is something I pretty much self taught myself for the same reason. I just did not have. Any, um, any other way of getting patients for business. And I made it my duty to, to basically find a niche um, and, and maximize that on something that was otherwise you know, unsolved in New York City. So most people in my situation may have given up, you know, and you always, that's always an option, I guess, but you're going to always do uh, a lot better <laughs> if, if you just feel the pressure, let it drive you, and push you. It's almost like a turbo. I mean, a, tur- a turbo works on that premise, right? Basically compresses air and increases combustion. Same thing in life. I mean, when you're really, really squeezed, you can either just get squashed or you can
0: just use that ma- that that power to propel you. Yeah, and you use the power to sort of propel you. Well, it sounds like you, like you said, you didn't have any job opportunities or or, or options. Or you, I'm sure you had options, but it were probably not options you wanted to. You know the deal with. a lot of people don't know you know when you come out as a surgeon, typically you know if you work for a group they're not paying you that great they're giving you crazy hours they're making you you know go on call you know all, you know let's say two out of four weekends and your life is basically shit after coming out of 15 years of, of a grueling experience so 100 percent right yeah it's uh it's almost like you had two options and and you tried to you, you took the one that was more risky but ultimately more more lucrative for you in the end. True.
1: And much more fulfilling, too.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, speaking of fulfillment, we were just talking about, you know, the the tragic news of Anthony Bourdain that came out today and then also early this week with uh, with Kate Spade. So, you know, everybody out there listening to our voices just realized something that we were saying earlier that, you know, success doesn't mean anything uh, without happiness. And, you know, you have to be happy at what you're doing. You know, money is great. Money provides options, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really provide Um, it doesn't really provide happiness, clearly, because we see this week two extremely successful people with millions and millions of dollars who chose to end their lives for various reasons. Yep.
1: I I tell people, I mean, I have a lot of analogies, but I have one about money, and I I said, just like oxygen, if you don't have enough of it, it's extremely uncomfortable and can kill you. (laughs) If you have just enough, (laughs) you're just right. And you know, just like oxygen, when the concentration is too high, it can hurt you as
0: well. Yeah, yeah. What did Biggie say? More money, more problems? Yeah. <laughs> I can testify to that. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Um, so uh let's jump into some questions. You know, I uh you know I troll everybody's Instagram before I interview them. And so uh I saw you had a post about your dad and um that you affectionately call Poppy. And uh, I could tell that there's a a great, you know, a great relationship, a great warmth and love there for him. Uh, What was one lesson that 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 he taught you that you'd like to pass on to your kids?
1: Man, I never met anybody that loved his job as much as my dad. Um, And he can make a lot of jokes about that because he's a gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) But but he, he just I mean, I think he more more loved his patients and. You know, I, I t- take a lot of students from anywhere from Stuyvesant to college students to medical students here. We have a, constantly rotating in our practice, um, and we love it because it's like an opportunity to teach an inquisitive mind. But more importantly, it's an option that to, it's it's. We also work with one of um, I think a mutual friend's uh, charities to 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 teach un- underprivileged kids underprivileged kids that you actually can be somebody important regardless of your background in America. And this is a really cool point about America. You know, everybody complains about the situation, et cetera. Like I said, it's subjective. Go live in China and then see what you say. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, but, yeah. but back to the point, like a lot of these kids, it's profound. And, and you and I probably don't realize this, but some of them just don't even believe that it's realistic that they could become a doctor or, a, or an, you know, an accountant or lawyers. They, they, they think that they're destined to blue collar jobs, which is not the case. I mean, New York City is probably one of the most fertile grounds in terms of you know, enhancement for underprivileged kids. You just got to channel them in the right direction. And that's really, really cool when you know that you can change somebody's trajectory, even a couple degrees, and over 30 years, that's a massive difference, you know?
0: Yeah, generational, yeah. yeah.
1: But, uh, you know, back with, with the students, people always ask me that they want to go into some field, and, et cetera, and um, I said, you really shouldn't focus on the technical aspects of the field or the job, really. You should more focus on your clients or patients because that's really what you can't change. You know, like doesn't matter what the hell you do, heart transplants, it's going to get boring, you know. It just becomes mundane. I mean, me, the first time I saw a surgery, I passed out and I still have a big scar in <laughs> the back of my head. And I went to the bloodiest field in medicine, you know, completely ironic, right? But I really love my patients. So, you know, you decide who you want to work with and that's a much better, you know, decision making uh, factor, I think, than, than what you actually want to do because that becomes mundane over
0: time. Yeah, so you 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 saw the love that he had that your dad had for yeah, his patients and you knew that patience. was his driving thing. Yeah, no that's 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 a great point. Okay, cool. Um so you all second question is you know you also said you know uh, in terms of how to get ahead um you decide to make a change, you do your research, you formulate a plan and you execute and you never look back. And you know, what 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 was what's the hardest obstacle uh, for you for, for the people you think for making that lasting change right because you can do all those things it was a you know a great sentence was well structured and it's like bang put this shit on a t-shirt and you're like yeah i could do it right but what do you think is the biggest obstacle to actually making that change last for 10 20 30 years
1: making it doable in your life um i mean most most things that seem like torture become Totally doable if you break them down in the right sequence or if you just train over time. I mean, nobody starts off running a marathon by starting off training and running 25 miles in a day. <laughs> and you, run, you run a mile then two miles and, you know, it's a, it's a sequential progression. And then you have to associate it with some sort of like positive reinforcement, whether it's losing weight, feeling better, accomplishing goals, raising money. You know, I really think that if you do those two things, you make, you make it a doable routine. You associate it with some sort of positive reinforcement, whether it's mental, fiscal, whatever, and that you do it over time. I mean, anything is doable.
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay, excellent, excellent. Um, I also noticed that you like to box, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know what? What principles do you draw from boxing that you use in other parts of your life? Everybody has a big mouth until they get punched in the face. No. <laughs> 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 no. Um, Classic. I mean, boxing is.
1: <laughs> I, I like martial arts in general, but boxing is really unique because it really is the most elegant form. You know, you really it really focuses on technique. You kind of limit it because I mean, it's, it's really fun to kick people and stuff, but if you can't, it's like kind of like having an arm tied. I mean, you really have to just focus on technique, and it requires all. So, so me, I'm, you're probably getting this by now. I'm a little ADD. <laughs> I really, and this is why, I like, to, like, I gravitate toward surgery because it, it it grabs all of my attention in a motor and motor uh, tasks. Same thing with boxing. Same thing with cycling. And you know, I ride motorcycles a lot for for because I can't really relax unless I have something that just takes all of me.
0: Got it. Got it.
1: And you know, you know. If you're not paying attention on motorcycle, you're gonna crash. If you're not paying attention to boxing, you get hit Knock in the, the head. Fuck out, right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> right. there, there's a definite negative reinforcement with not paying attention. So you know those are things that help me. You know, break down my day.
0: It helps. It helps focuses you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So it's you. You like. It's almost like the the principle that it's not even a principle that you're applying. It's the fact that you enjoy doing it because it sort of helps you focus your energy.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's two, there's two reasons. It it, it it it's rewarding when you actually focus. You can't just strong arm your way into things, right? Otherwise, all these lightweight fighters wouldn't be great. Technique really counts for a lot. I mean, if you get hit by one of those little guys, you'll know. Right. I mean, (laughs) they're they're strong. Um, It's it's it's, technique is very rewarding. You know, I'm I'm a very very repetitive kind of a guy. Like, um, not really dogmatic, but you know, I like routine and organization, and especially when you can logically deduce that when you cross these objective points that you have a logical and trackable progression because of that. And boxing is one of those technical things that, that you just, you incrementally increase and it's definitely correlated exactly your focus on technique, you know, and surgeries like that, especially cardiovascular. I mean, it's extremely obvious when you did something wrong and immediately. And, and that's why I think I <laughs> gravitated towards it, you right. know, like, you know, and it's very obvious when you did something right. It's, it's, you know, very, it's very clear cut. Yes, I'm very Pavlovian at, at baseline, you know.
0: You know, it's interesting. One of my, I think my second guest, uh, Duke Garone, um, at Real Fitness NYC. Shout out to Duke. You know, he's the first. He's my trainer, but he's the first person that showed me that made me realize that there's there's actually a technique to boxing. Sounds crazy. I didn't know this, but and so something as simple as like I'd be sparring with him, he'd just be beating the hell out of me, and I'm like, dude, like what what are you doing to me? And then one day he just simply broke down, like, well, you know. I'm telling you where to hit me. When I put my hands in a certain direction or, or I guard myself a certain way, I'm basically guiding your fist so I know what's coming. So I just parry, I move it out the way, and then I hit you. And I was like, damn. So, you know, it's, it's, it's so simple, but yet not simple when you don't know, you know, so. I mean, we
1: can learn a lot. I mean, I, I think all of life, with the exception of romantic relationships, because there's a clear variable in that equation, um, <laughs> yes, basically is very, Reproducible, very predictable, and responds definitely to, like, you know, let's say workflow changes, with the exception of romantic relationships. I'm making that very clear. Okay, so, but, but business, you know, a surgery, like everything is about, a surgery can be extremely difficult, regardless of how complicated it is, or it can be super easy, depending on how you set up your steps and make it, you know, exposure, um, organization. All those things can make, I mean, I use this example a lot, you know, and we have a mutual friend, Dr. Watkins, who's a transplant surgeon. There's a lot of like not so bright people involved in the care of transplant patients, right? Why don't everybody die all the time? Because they keep them within very narrow parameters and they don't allow them to to move out of that that groove, I guess. Because of that, you can take you, know, you break down a task into very simplistic algorithms. When you do that, you have reliable results. And that's how that's how companies are, you know, sc- sc- um scaled and that's how surgery works pretty much.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's reliable and almost uh, not not that you're a fortune teller, but you can almost clearly see. Okay, if I do X, Y, and Z, then I'm probably going to get to this point. Okay, very very likely. Okay, great great. Um, third question, Oh, actually fourth question. Uh, fame can be a gift and a curse, right? How how have you navigated both sides? I don't know if it would be fame, but um, well you're you know you're you're a media personality, right? People know you. Yeah, for better or for worse. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what but, I uh, meant. <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> um, you know, one of the cool things I like about it is, and somebody could say that this probably applies to all social media these days, is you kind of have a soapbox to talk on. So if you have a word, you know, it depends what you use that soapbox for. And me, I've been through a lot of, you know, ups and downs in my life. Um, some of them health-related, some of them not. Um, and at some point, the fulcrum, of which I, you know, changed my trajectory out of that valley or pit, it was always one person that kind of just sat down with me and was like, look, this is what you do and this is how you get the hell out of here, right? Always. I never did it on my own, really. Maybe I, I utilized their their help and maybe I did a lot of effort and whatever they guided me, but there was always somebody and I guess that's why I kinda like sticking my nose in so many other people's problems, because I, I just feel like, man, somebody helped me in all these points. And like if I see somebody that I can't help, I feel like it's it's like just my duty almost. Um and uh so, so it allows you to reach out to a lot of people. It, you know, my dad used to tell me I have a hero complex. I keep wanting to make people happy all the time. <laughs> and you could get in all this analysis about like my nuclear family, et cetera. But you know, To some degree i I really thrive off when i see people surviving or doing better or they have changes and that's one of the reasons that's another reason i love this practice so much is because our practice focuses more on younger people and getting them more functional rather than older people and getting them a few more years of life and and it's just really really rewarding to see somebody that's already trying so hard and then you just give them that extra boost in their Man, all of a sudden, in a different you know stratosphere.
0: Yeah, they're golden. Yeah. So you like the way you use it in a positive sense that you you're able to to, to reach a lot of people. You're able to touch people. Yeah, and that's great. Uh, there's
1: Some negative things to it, you know, like I just ridiculous freaking um, lost some guy basically, you know, claimed I ran over his foot, and I was like in New Jersey, like, and you know, Easy Pass documents it, you know, staff, etc. And basically, you know, this went through this whole, like, two-year algorithm, like, of of, uh, of legal issues that you have to defend. Zero merit to the case. No police report. No witnesses. No injuries. No nothing. Eventually, it settled, like, for, like, a bunch of money. I mean, uh, the insurance company did because
0: it's just cheaper to do that than to keep going. And and this was this was somebody you in your car or they was were that, on they a were bike? doing
1: construction across the street. It was at the it was at uh, the downtown building that we talked about earlier. Actually, oh yeah,
0: yeah, where yeah they're yeah, doing yeah. construction mm. down there. It's just one of the-
1: wow,
0: crazy. And you think they went that that hard because they knew
1: they just basically you know they write up the money know, grab, a yeah, To money grab. Here's the here's the funny thing is you're not allowed to research or bring to light how many times that person's done that exact thing before because I guarantee you it's a number. I mean you know there's a lot of <laughs> but overall man yes, like, overall is positive overall, overall is positive. very positive but yeah you do get annoyed by a lot of shit you, you know
0: you get I always say everything has a cost you know what I mean everything has a cost no matter what it is I would have preferred a discussion about these costs ahead of time <laughs> so I could have prepared you know <laughs> right, but, like uh, a sign a contract yeah you know
1: I, I can't I can't I mean I get I most importantly is like I, I, I talk about teaching surgeons I, I have a little fellowship here we train a lot of guys I tell people it's a lot like having a kid, you know, you're like 90% of the time you're like, why the fuck did I do this? And then <laughs> 10% of the time, man, it just outshines the other 90% because you're like so damn proud that what you created, you're like, man, it was worth it all.
0: Wow. So you, so you guys actually bring surgeons in and train them in these various yep. procedures.
1: In fact, I, I don't, and nobody joins this practice unless they go through a year with me because it's so detail-oriented, you know? Yeah. And it
0: seems very close-knit, you know, just it is, what i
1: we're all friends. I yeah, mean, you know, yeah. It's like, I guess, kind of like being on a SWAT team or something together. You've been through some rough times, and you kind of just bond.
0: Yeah, yeah. And if you so. don't bond, we kind of kick you out. <laughs> <laughs> right. No. Listen, I get it. It's important.
1: Yeah. You know, it's – Surgery is – I mean, ER is like that, too. I'm sure you have guys that, that you've been through some you know significant traumas with that you know – you know anesthesia or whatever that they, they have your back and they know what to do or nursing usually from nurses nurses like, yeah usually nurses um or or some of these flight techs you know what what they say something to you, you know it's real you know we used to have this one nurse that man every single time the the count for you know of, of the of the surgical tools and all that stuff after the case was always wrong and it was never really wrong the one time during trauma, she gave us a count that was correct. We knew something was up. And sure enough, there was a lap left inside the patient. <laughs> that's <laughs> I
0: mean, hilarious. That's I funny. Mean,
1: I, I got these stories forever. But, uh. Yeah,
0: that's funny. Okay. All right. Let's jump into yes or BS. Okay. Uh, I'll make a statement. You say yes, BS, and then you can expound on why you agree with it or not. All right. Number one, friends can be more important than family. Definitely, yes. Um.
1: I mean, I'm sure everybody's out there, but I have a very uh, socio-economically disparate family. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, um, it's a long story, but you know, there's a lot of tumultuous stuff going on in my family, and um, some of it's egregiously bad. Some of it, not. I'm sure I'm not. The, I don't have the worst family in the world, but I certainly don't have the best. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs>
0: that being, and so that, you loved that, you loved your dad, so that's. Oh important. man, I was
1: super close to him um super close
0: when did he when did he transition if you don't mind four me.
1: years ago um as a monday uh yeah monday
0: okay and you have a birthday coming up too at the end of the month mm-hmm. right okay and you're gonna be four can i say it 40,
1: 40, 40 42 42. Yeah. 42
0: all right god damn it <laughs> it's, it's another f word So, so um,
1: <laughs> but you know what i i made a decision to myself about three years ago you know somebody told me man they're getting up there. And I was—I got kind of stung by that. Like, Not like on a pride thing, but I was like, man, I kind of want to tell them to fuck themselves. You know? because, but I was in decent shape, but I wasn't. And I just, all of a sudden, I just decided that, fuck this aging shit. I'm going to push myself to some new level. And yes, you know, like back with the training thing, making it doable, it sucked for like the first six months. Because I would get up like five o'clock and I would do it. And it, it was terrible. Now I feel almost like withdrawal if I don't do it, you know, and it's just a part of my day and it centers me. I'm mentally ready for the day.
0: So you get up five workout before you come in.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah. It's my only time when I'm not getting like attacked by wasp pretty much mentally. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's my meditation time.
0: Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Number two, I think I know what you're going to say here, but I'll say it anyway. Money equals Happiness absolutely not bs <laughs> okay
1: good <laughs> like like i said about <laughs> right, the doctrine, right, man. You, right you don't have any money you're miserable i mean you need just enough to survive but happiness is completely irrelevant money works like a magnifying glass in a lot of situations like if you're a very happy person man it can project you to new levels you can help other people you can do all kinds of stuff with it it basically
0: money equals freedom that's a good definition yes it does um Interesting, because we'll come into that that word in another yes or BS a little later. All right. Number three. Weight loss is a math problem. Yep. Um, I read, I read that on your... I, I like that, so I wanted to bring that so, up. Talk about <laughs> that's that.
1: That's definitely true. So weight loss is completely different than fitness, and they're two different endpoints, which is what confuses a lot of people, right? Um, weight loss is directly related to body mass. Um, to lose weight... You just eat less calories than you burn, period. It doesn't matter what you do. For, if you work out 10 hours a day and you eat 10,000 calories, you're still going to gain
0: weight. <laughs> right. You know?
1: If you don't work out at all and you eat, you know, 1,500 calories, you're still going to lose weight. It doesn't matter whether those 1,500 calories are donuts or, like, salad. You're going to still lose weight. Now, that's different than fitness and body composition, which is different. So if you want to have a lean muscular physique, you're going to clearly have to work out you're going to have to eat different, you know, num- different percentages of proteins, etc. But if you're just talking about getting skinny, it doesn't freaking matter.
0: Math problem. I liked it. Number four, medicine is becoming less and less lucrative. <sighs> um, I would say that's
1: true, although it still can be. Um, personally... I obviously don't know because I wasn't there in in what they call the golden age of medicine, which is like the 80s. Same thing with Wall Street. I think if you do good work, you do quality work, and you do it at a relatively cost-effective fashion, you can still do very well and sleep really well at night knowing that you're proud of yourself. The problem is a lot of doctors equate the amount of work with profit, which is clearly not true. And there's like a thousand variables in that equation, including insurance mix, etc., so, what I tell my trainees is, um, look, man, do good work. Do work that you like. Do indicated work. Do good work. And when you have happy patients, ask them to talk about you. I, I literally ask patients to tell people. And they do. And there is no better. I mean, somebody that comes in after somebody that's had surgery by you that did a great job, it's the easiest sell in the world. There's no freaking, you know, I, I literally, my my consult will take five minutes. Um,
0: Yeah, you're not selling okay. at that point. Yeah, I mean… Yeah. You guys are doing well. I, you know, I, I was just sort of thinking about, you know, in general, just medicine and the insurance. And, yeah, you know, I they, agree with really... you for the most
1: part. It, it's most, do- I mean, but is that entirely a bad thing? I don't know because there were a lot of egregiously sure. bad doctors just making ends meet and doing pretty well. And, you know, you have, to, you have to be punitive as well for shitty work. You know, you have to punish people for not doing a great job. I think the pendulum has swung way too far in the other direction, but, <laughs> right. you know, some some sort of medium would be would be good.
0: Would be great. Okay. All right, cool. Uh, number 5. Freedom is the word that drives David Gruner. Nah. Let me think.
1: As much as I would like to not say that, I would say um I'm a slave to a lot of people's opinions. Now, thankfully, I've narrowed that opinion down, down over time and, and maturing to those people that are actually important versus not.
0: <laughs> I don't want to
1: drive myself crazy. Yes. But, yeah, there's a good amount of people whose opinions significantly affect my life, include my patients, my kids. Um, and it really matters to me a lot. And it would be cool if it didn't, but it's kind of cool that it does. Um, because it means that you, you I, I guess it means that you have at least some sort of like, you know, conscience of, or, or, you know, some people are important to you. And b- back to this point about friends and family, like I have family members that, that basically they didn't even know my name when I was not doing very well. And now they reach out to me all the time. And I had friends that were the first ones to pick me up when I was flat on my face and they don't ask me for anything now. So who, who who's really family?
0: Right, you know, right, yeah. That's a that's a big one, even for me. Like, I I get it. You my know, my close
1: friends are everything to me, and they know it too.
0: Yeah, it is is it it goes back to the question. That, maybe I'll write a script about this. It's interesting, but you know, is family is is family blood or is family those that support you and take care of you? Right, it's, family. It's, I think it's,
1: it's, it's definitely people that will so take care of you. I mean, i I've, I've, I've some good family members. My dad was great. I have an older brother that just. He's just, just a good guy, man. Like, always looked after me no matter what. But the majority of them didn't. And, you know, I'm lucky. Like, everybody always tells me this. And this is just an outside view. Like, people that meet me, they're like, man, you have a lot of really good friends. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky like yeah, that. You yeah, know? it seems like it.
0: Yeah. yeah. So And then, you know, I'm a mutual friend. He's a great guy. He's a really good so guy, yeah. That's, yeah. So, it's, it's, it's interesting, you know, just because you... Um, call somebody mom or call somebody dad or have siblings you know how much does that really mean it's it's an interesting question it's an interesting question
1: you know being a dad and being a father two different things i think you know like you know you know genetically versus the rest
0: right sperm donor versus you know actual participant (laughs) you You know know? and and
1: as much as as much as i i don't like that that mom you know you know i i'm a single parent but um, and, and moms get a lot of 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 like I guess disparate attention. Like you know, when you have a kid, like everybody goes to the mom and is like, "Wow, thank you, congratulations." Nobody ever tells the dad, "Congratulations." You know
0: what I mean? <laughs> they do, but it's kind of like an afterthought. It, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, it's like Oh a par- yeah, participant You're ribbon. here, right? <laughs> you know, you're here. Oh yeah. But yeah, you know, you
1: know. <laughs> and, and truth be told, man, I couldn't. Both bo- the moms are just they do so much. Like I mean. I never really understood how much work being a really good mother is because I didn't really have one until I saw a good mom with, with my kids. And, man, I have a whole new respect for it.
0: Thank you. I'll, I'll take this opportunity to thank my wife for picking my kids up from school while I'm here talking to David. <laughs> thank you, honey. Man, that's the least. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everything else she's, she's, she's done and she's going to do.
1: I mean, we, we always think about this, like, and I hear this a lot from, from friends of mine that are divorced or whatever, and I don't know their particular situation. Maybe, maybe the mom, moms aren't that exemplary, but, man, I might roll it out there to say it's just as difficult as going in our field to be a good mom, a good one. It's good to do anything well. It's, it's hard to do anything well. It's hard to make a great sandwich. You know, you can, everybody can make it happen. You know?
0: <laughs> but,
1: but uh, I mean, you know, like, like it, it's that difference between, and I teach this to my guys all the time. The fellows that come in here, I go, look, the learning curve from good to excellent is really flat. Like, you really have to push so much far that the, the difference in a, an Olympic sprinter and an NCAA sprinter is just a fraction of a second. But man, the work it takes to get there is tremendous. The difference between a Bentley and a Lexus, I mean. Four wheels, it's a luxury car, but man, you sit...
0: And T- like, until you drive one. <laughs> yeah, and
1: that goes back to the whole <laughs> subjective thing, right? You know, Alexis was, was a great car. Like, 90% of people are great. And then you sit in, like, this other one, you're like, well, you know, maybe not, <laughs> you know? But <laughs> the right. same thing is, is the situation with, with, with bad, you know, situations in life. And, you know, I think a lot of Americans are way too... I don't know. I'm trying to right, find the right word. Maybe too soft. I mean, we, we really have a good deal in this country. It's, it's not – now, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of variables to that, too, like and with these kids. You have to point them in the right direction and show them that these options are available because you could be walking past, you know, an ATM machine. If you're blind to it, you're, you're, you, you don't really see it. And all these – it's sad. And, and that's, that's a huge thing that I see with, with these low, lower socioeconomic kids is, is they just don't know these resources are available. And they don't know how to utilize them. So we try to be the interpreter for them. Because, I mean, you can really project them on a really good tangent.
0: Or even if they haven't traveled or know the world to even know that, like you said earlier, go try to live in China. Definitely. If you think you have it bad here. Well, you can't even use the damn internet.
1: <laughs> you know, my parents are both immigrants
0: uh, from, you know, <laughs> I. Where you, where, where immigrants from where?
1: Mom, Brazilian. The dad's German. So, but, uh, man, there's some really bad situations. And my dad came here. Um, You know, post-World War II, he was a little older. Um, He came here uh, because Germany was basically in socioeconomic despair. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but even for native, non-Jewish, non-Nazi Germans, it was terrible. I mean, wars, my dad's family lost everything. Um, They were destitute, um, and they had no money. And uh, he he came to America because the economy was booming at that time. You know, the, the... the roaring 20s, the, the roaring, uh, you know, the roaring 20s. And basically, he he came here to to, to make some money and go back to Germany. He was only going to stay here for a few years. Stayed here for a couple of years. His wife wrote him a Dear John letter, and he just ended up staying. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, he would probably have never have gone on that tangent and been successful and gone into this illustrious field, you know. You know, when he came, you know, as you know, residency changes in terms of competitiveness depending on the, the, the market. So, when he first started here, he went into psychiatry because, you know, gynecology was very competitive. And then he shifted to gynecology later. And he used to always joke with me it should, be, it should be mandatory <laughs> 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 to, to understand women, you know? But, um, <laughs> but he, he, life throws you all these curveballs and you can either sit there and appreciate it. And, and figure out what it's trying to teach you, or what you can what you can make out of it, or you can sit there and complain.
0: Yeah, bitch and moan. Yeah, yeah. That is that is a truth prescription for sure. Thanks, man. Yeah. Um, number six. Miami has more culture than New York. Nah. has
1: more hispanic culture than new york (laughs) and i love miami man i know you do there's something i'm a very warm person i I mean i'm very borderline uncomfortably open i think for most people um but that's me i mean what you see is what you get and and that's the vibe down there i like it but new york has like i mean queens is home to something like 148 different cultures or something like that yeah it's a great that's crazy yeah
0: do you think you ever moved moved to miami you can't get anything done there, man. It's just,
1: <laughs> but that's the case with any place that's relaxing. You know, it's, yeah, you can't get anything done. That's why it's relaxing.
0: It's <laughs> Number seven, marriage is not necessary for love and commitment.
1: I think that's true. I'm not going to give you my specific quote about that, but <laughs> you know, we can do it off the air? <laughs> but but um, uh, you know, marriage is marriage is an institution, man. It's a way of of of, of kind of. I guess, cementing something publicly tends to carry more weight with women because guys are just not like that. We don't need like, you know, a wedding band and it's, some of it's archaic. Some of it I understand and I see why it happens. I mean, there's some, it depends on you and your goals. I mean, if if you want to have a stay at home wife, which happens sometimes, less these days, I mean, give her some damn security. You know what I mean? I mean, there's some value for a woman giving up her life for you. There's vice versa, you know, so it doesn't go one sided um the problem is humans the natural tendency of what we have like i said about subjectivity and suffering is to take things for granted when they become mundane and there's something unconscious with us once there's like some legal commitment you're like oh i'll just get fat now i'll do this and you take it i don't even think it's conscious i think it's honestly just it's just something in human nature but you know, maturity is. I think the the definition of maturity is the insight to see your shortcomings, know that, and move around it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Accept, accept it. Yeah, know it. Accept well, not it. Not just and accept it, it move but move around put it. Put yeah.
1: in like, put in some sort of like, you know, that you know, changes to 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 prevent them from causing the same issues in your life. Just the same reason. Just the same way we were describing workflows in terms of surgery, et cetera. I mean you can either keep repeating the same mistakes because of your lack of insight or lack of decision to do something, or you can change. And I definitely think it's possible to have a totally, you know, happy marriage. Um, but it's difficult.
0: Well, David, this is not a yes or b s. This is just a question. Will David Gruner get married in the next ten years? Plead the fifth. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> 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 all right all right well that's all i got david this was fantastic um tell the people how they can reach you on social media and anyone that's listening that's interested in becoming a patient um how they can you know contact your office
1: um the easiest way is on the website which is n- nyc like the city s-u-r-g-i-c-a-l dot net nycsurgical.net um uh, or you can reach us um, on Instagram at Surgical. There's an Instagram tag. Feel free to search me as well, David, G-R-E-U-N-E-R, if you would like to. Um, it's much easier than saying the whole handle. And um, <laughs> I look forward to any comments. Thank you.
0: Excellent, excellent. All right. Well, I'm going to sign off. Thank you, David. I really appreciate you making the time. Uh, as I always say, the truth will set you free if you let it.